And another thing And another thing And another thing And another thing Welcome to another episode of And Another Thing the podcast that continues to set the bar in the world of podcasts. My name is Jody Jenkins. My name is Tony Clement. And back at it again, as of the recording, or as of the time of this recording, the third and final, hopefully, conservative (laughs) leadership debate um, has happened. It's ended. And you were just telling me how many... I don't know if this is official, but how many people actually watched that leadership debate, Tony, according to your sources? Okay. So let me just say at the outset, no one should take what we say on our podcast without fact-checking it. Can I say that? Yeah, sure. Okay. like Has that happened before? Wait wait a second, though. It's like, did something happen that I'm not aware of? Well, Pakin emailed us and, and said that I wasn't in his second book, The Dark Side. I was in his first book. Well, that's not really fact checking. I mean, it's just he's the author and you kind of just got your <laughs> wires crossed on that one. Yeah, I got my wires crossed. So I I I somehow on social media I was told that there was eighteen hundred people watching live the uh the Tory leadership debate tonight. So uh not a lot of people in Canada, considering thirty eight million people in Canada and eighteen hundred are watching the debate. Yeah, and I would I would honestly, I mean, again, I don't know if that's an accurate number, but I wouldn't doubt that it is pretty darn close. I I know a lot of conservative friends, or I have a lot of conservative friends. I know a lot of conservatives. None of them watched the debate. I didn't watch the debate. It did not seem to be very prevalent on social media either. From no, what I saw. So, no, you're right. You're right. That's a, that's a, that's sometimes an indication. Not always. But sometimes you're right, Jody. Well, here's and- here's a, here's an indication that's been, you know, pretty steady in the world of the Twitter verse is normally when there's been any leadership debate on any party on any level, there's usually these spaces that all of a sudden pop open and they invite people to come and give their thoughts. I didn't see any of that tonight after the debate. That's a very good point too, so- and and so I, I you know look I think that there's again don't hold me to this number please. But I think that there's 140,000 ballots already in uh, to the party. These are people who've already voted for their uh, respective choices for leader. Uh, That's out of 678,000. So there's a ways to go. But uh, I think it's a pretty good indication that people have already decided how they want to vote if they're going to vote. Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit more about the leadership um, race or lack thereof. Uh, when it comes to a race, but first let's uh, let's give some props to our presenting sponsor each week on the show, which is of course the great team at Municipal Solutions. John Mutton and the crew uh, have been with us since day one, and we certainly appreciate that. And Tony, I know you're able to shed some more light on what they do at Municipal Solutions. Yeah, and we were just talking about this earlier, Jody, how John Mutton and Municipal Solutions, they're so busy. They've got, the, they did, there was this new industrial park plan for Caven Monaghan Township. Uh, I, I guess think it's Cavan. Cavan Monaghan, is that near Peterborough? Yeah. 
Yeah. So there, I, I just saw the news, uh, the news story on that from the Peterborough examiner, uh, all, all to say, uh, they're, they're just doing so well. And we're so delighted that they, uh, are, are presenting sponsor. Of course, municipal solutions is all about, uh, development services and project management. They are Ontario's leading MZO that's municipal zoning order firm. And so they're there for development approvals and permit expediting, planning services with municipalities, engineering and architectural services, minor variances, land severances, those ever important building permits. And uh, again, congratulations on this new project for Cavan Monaghan Township. Go to municipalsolutions.ca for all your municipal solutions needs. And then Julie, the Muskoka chef, she's busy, busy, busy too. She is a female-owned local food service company that serves the Muskoka Lakes region all year round. Her services include on-site and off-site catering, uh, private chef experiences, micro-wedding catering services as well. She is located right on Lake Joseph and delivers food by car to your front door or by boat to your dock. And as summer 2022 continues to wind down, you may be able to to, uh, to get a spot or two available, but she's also available uh, September 22 and beyond. She also offers vegetarian, vegan, and gluten-free options as well. You go to themuskokachef.com or call Julie directly, 416-846-3653. And then a shout out to uh, those folks at at Hunters Bay Radio, uh, at huntersbayradio.com. They provide an opportunity for our show to be repeated on terrestrial radio every Saturday morning at 8.30 a.m. Go to huntersbayradio.com. And last but not least, don't forget to check out looneypolitics.com where you can become an annual subscriber by using the code podcast to get 50% off your annual subscription and you'll have exclusive access to content that you cannot get anywhere else, including episodes of this show. Again, looeypolitics.com. Tony, I just got back from another cottage. That's all I've been doing all summer. Yeah, seems I'm, like it. I'm not complaining, but I'm I'm a homebody, so I'm like I'm I'm home right now, but my family is still up at a cottage and literally like we've been at a cottage for like over a month and I, I just that's too long for me. But was Minden in your riding or no? No. 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 no Who would that, that have been? That would have been uh, federally Barry DeVolen and then uh and then Jamie Schmale succeeded Barry, yeah. Oh, okay. And so did you, but have you ever, you've been to Minden, obviously. Oh yeah, I've been to Minden. I have love Minden. Have you been to Rivercone? The, the, ice, cream uh, the, place the ice cream place? I've been to Rivercone. Yeah, sure. That's yeah, good. It's good. It's a famous spot. Yeah, no, I, uh, obviously that's, so that's where the cottage, one cottage is and it's in Minden. So it's been, uh, it's been a busy time and the kids love the Rivercone. Yeah, no, that's a good little spot and, and it is Right by the river, is it not? Yeah, you could float right up there, pretty much. Yeah, they they right people are are you know in in floats and stuff like that, sort of yeah. winding their way down the river, right? That's right. Hence yeah. the name River yeah. Cone. <laughs> Very um, good. Good marketing by them. <laughs> yeah, you know it's interesting. But I want to go back to the leadership for just a couple of minutes. The conservative leadership. If you're just joining us, um, Pierre Polyev, obviously the front runner currently. I. I I don't see anything changing on that front. In fact, 
I'm still maintaining, and I'm sure you would agree, first ballot victory is is we've we called that a long time ago, and we're still sticking to it. But yeah, we don't want to take anything for granted. I know his oh, organization God. is not doing that. They're they're uh, working hard for every vote, Jody. Yeah, well, I don't. I I can say whatever I want because <laughs> I'm not. I don't work for them. So, um, first ballot victory. You heard it here first. Um, and I'll delete all these programs if it doesn't come. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No one will ever have a record of it happening. Anyway. <laughs> uh, but I was going to say there was an interesting comment online. I feel like it was, I don't know a lot about this guy, but I know he common does commentary on stuff. JJ McCullough or something. Yeah. I think yeah. that's what it is. But he had an interesting comment and I I'm paraphrasing cause I, I, I don't remember exactly what it was, but the, the gist of it was something I definitely agreed with. And it was, he was just basically making a comment on like, people that don't understand the appeal of Polyev and uh, you know, where are the, where's he getting these new voters from and how's he going to, how's he going to win an election? And he made an interesting point about some of the stats and data that he has and the people he's been talking to in that younger age demographic that, you know, in, in a very simple sense, our look at Pierre as someone who's going to fight against what they view as kind of a BS government system. Yeah. And, that exact that is exactly exactly what the younger demographic fee- I'm not saying all of them but I can tell you an overwhelming number of them look at the government and they go what they they don't know what they're doing and they look at Pierre and they go this guy can get something done it's not hate it's not anger it's not trucker convoys it's literally this undercurrent in that demographic and I can't for the life of me understand how these political pundits, these political experts can't see that. Oh, well, they're, they're always six months behind what's going on in the general population, <laughs> at least. you. I don't know if you read uh, Sabrina Maddow, former guest of our program, on this very same topic where she noted that uh, the uh, Conservative Party, let's face it, a lot of the polling on the Conservative Party right now, people are assuming that Pierre Polyev is already the leader. Okay, so it, it's starting to affect the general views about the Conservative Party of Canada, even though uh, Pierre Polyev is not the leader yet, but they are already building that into their assumptions. So uh, support in the 18 to 34 years old age cohort for the Conservative Party, Jody, has has increased by 17 points. Exactly. And it has decreased, interestingly, uh, in the NDP, the NDP have gone down at least 10 points. And so Sabrina Maddow, uh, former guest, her point is like uh, Pierre Polyev is actually eating the lunch of Jagmeet Singh. He, he not only should Trudeau be worried, but uh, Singh should be worried as well. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. I just I'm just always I guess maybe I'm giving too much benefit of the doubt to some of these. Again, I use air quotes, political experts and these commentators who the only thing I can think that they're doing here is that they're trying to say things so opposite of what actually is going on in reality to simply get people outraged so they'll click on their stories. And again, that that creates that revenue generating machine. I know that because I was in media for 20 years. I know what it takes to get people on people's websites. So they because that's how they make money these days. Sure. It's just fact. So anyway, that's that's I I can't think of anything else. Other than that, and if it's not the case that they're just trying to get people's attention to click on the websites, then it's like they literally have 
no connection, no feel of the pulse in the nation of what's going on. And that to me is just, is just mind blowing. I, I, I don't know. I just, it, I just, it makes me go, what the heck is going on out there? Well, there's that. And of course, uh, the, uh, the, the thing that you can measure, uh, you know, in hard, car, hard, cold facts this week was the second quarter fundraising results. Uh, and of course, I had a little, little bit involved in that as, uh, as a chief fundraiser or uh, director of national fundraising for Pierre, as I am. And so, you know, my bias should be proclaimed there. But the, these are these are hard numbers. The, the, this isn't just speculation or what have you. So, uh, Jody, you know that uh, in the second quarter, Pierre raised over four million dollars. It's actually five point three million dollars because the the party was behind in, you know publishing the checks or cashing the checks, but we raised uh, over $5.3 million, $615,000 in one day, the last day of the second quarter. And more interestingly, uh, Pierre Polyev had over 40,000 individual donors, which was nine times the number of donors that Jean Charest had. There oh, you and, go. Uh, so Pierre raised over $5 million. Charest was around a million and a half dollars raised. In fact, Pierre raised more money than all the other leadership candidates, including Patrick Brown, uh, combined. Uh, and he has more individual donors than the other candidates combined. In fact, Pierre Polyev raised more money in the second quarter than the Liberal Party of Canada raised. Because yeah, they, they raised so, I mean, 2.8 million and he raised over five. So, so you know, those are facts. Uh, you know, they're, they're, not, they're not contestable. Uh, and uh, of course, the Liberals would say, well, you know, uh, the Conservative Party uh, out fundraised the Liberal Party in the last two general elections, which is true. And of course, they did not form the government. But that's just one proof point out of many that something interesting is going on in Canadian politics right now. Yeah. And usually, I mean, again, not always, but typically you can follow the money. And, and normally the parties that are doing very well um, financially are usually in a better position, right? So typically. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, it'll it'll be interesting to see how everything plays out as we get closer uh, I mean, look, we're just just over a month away from the actual actual um, finish of the race. I, by the way, I heard. I don't. Is this accurate? I don't know. You might know. Are they planning on just starting to open the ballots the day before the announcement? Well, what they do uh, bef- immediately is they the the ballot is in a secret secrecy envelope, and outside the secrecy envelope, within another another envelope, is your the photocopy of your driver's license or some other proof of who you are, right? Yeah. With a, with a visual identity. And so they just double, they double check that ahead of time first, but they don't start counting the ballots until after the deadline, which is what, I don't know, September 6th or 7th or whatever it is. So uh, it's, it is just one or two days before September 10th or September 9th when they have to close everything off and then September 10th they announce the the results. You think so, they're going to be in a position to announce like based on a that ground They swear of- up and down they yeah. will be. 
that, you know, what, what do I know? And I think their point has been made to the leadership organizing committee that we don't want to do this at two in the morning again, like we typically yeah. do, which, sh- you know, shows how incompetent the process is. And everybody, you know, the new leader doesn't get an audience in front of the public or that, you know, poor Aaron O'Toole started his leadership uh, speaking, you know, in a COVID environment at three in the morning because the process was so, so long and slow. So hopefully they've fixed that part of it anyway. Yeah. Well, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting, but um, fingers crossed that everything works out the way that they want it to work out. So, moving on to a totally different topic. Last week on the program, we discussed <laughs> challenging Humble and Fred, uh, who have a very successful, uh, wildly popular uh, radio slash podcast. Just, just podcast now, no radio. Can't call it radio. Like they get pissed off if I say radio. No, well, they're just not on terrestrial radio. No, but do they? Do you know if they get mad if I call it a radio show? Show? No, no, I don't no. think they get mad. I was kind of hoping you, you, you would. Try, so try I was to be like, I was hope, thinking, hope oh, they don't like it when I call the radio <laughs> show. Eh? The radio hosts don't like it when we talk about their radio show. Um, <laughs> so anyway, yes, humble and Fred, we challenge them to a golf event. Uh, by the way, did you see my email response to that? Yes, I saw that. So we'll see if they respond. Um, but did anyway, you, did so, you do that because you 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 listened to the program today? Yeah, well, I was going to say you were on the show, yeah. uh, recently, and so you kind of kept the talk going about the challenge. So wh- I guess my question is, where do we stand when it comes to this golf challenge? Well, they've accepted it, uh, and uh, but Howard, uh, who he's been playing in so many competitive golf tournaments this summer. I mean, he he's he's on a circuit. Uh, I guess there is a you know a golf circuit for amateur golfers, uh, and he's gotten trophies and prizes. Yeah, no, and okay. Look, I know Howard's a good golfer, but let's yeah. be like let's be serious here. He plays in like the senior events, <laughs> so. Yes, he's a great golfer, but let's 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 call a spade a spade. He plays from tees that are like hundreds of yards where I play from <laughs> okay. in front of me, right? So, okay. I mean, that's like that's let's be honest here. I think he plays from the whites. I don't know. Yeah, oh, sure, like plenty of other seniors do. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, his his proposal was that uh, we would, but he wanted to keep it kind of friendly. And social, so we were going to play best ball. I think is what he suggested, right? Yeah. Well, we'll see what the form. I, I'm all for the format. I think if it's handicapped, that's fine. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, whatever, whatever works. I just, I just want to be out with the guys. And and Fred, Fred Patterson, I think is a similar golfer to me, as as I understand it. And you're you're a lot closer to Howard. And uh, there was some talk on the Humble and Fred show today. Uh, uh, he uh, Howard made it an assumption that perhaps he's uh, somewhat better than you. And somewhat, Fred- I listened to the show. He made it sound like he was far <laughs> superior. And Fred put him in his place. And he said, literally he- said, "He literally said, well, we're going to have to handicap it. Yeah. Otherwise, it's going to be him against yeah. all three of us. Like, he's come gonna, on, he's going to carry us all on his back." Yeah, exactly. In response, again, knowing that he's a senior, and there's nothing wrong with that. We all get old. We'll be there sometime. I get you. You might be a senior. Are you considered a senior? Well, I don't, I, I don't, I, well, Feel like personal question. I'm, so anyway, I'm not 65. Is that Humble competes as a senior. Yeah, That's yeah. what it is. I do not, obviously I'm much younger than a senior, but I can't play from those same tees because I'll just be having to hit like a pitching wedge all day while he's yeah. hitting driver. And I don't think that's appropriate. So. Okay. Okay. Well, this not is fair for him. Yeah. It's, I mean, it, it would, 
I'd cream them, but. But you know, it, the, so. the, the context of the show today, we, we talked about the golf thing and I, I was on their program, but we were also talking about Pierre Polyev and, and uh, Fred Patterson. Uh, interestingly, Humble Howard uh, watched the, the wood, the wood and beam video, you know, that Pierre put out and yes. was, was strangely enamored with it and, and impressed by it. Uh, uh, Fred was having none of it and hated the, the use of the phrase freedom uh, that Pierre Polyev uses. And so you put in the email that it was going to be the, the freedom tournament. Freedom challenge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're just like poking at the bear yeah. a little bit more. <laughs> I don't know if they'll respond. Maybe that'll cause them to not want to play us. I don't know. It could be the death knell, but uh, I think they'll take it in, in good uh, in good spirits. And it's great that we can do this uh, uh, podcaster to podcaster. And uh, they they are the kind of the deans of the podcast world in Canada. They've had a pa- podcast, a proper podcast, a, a real podcast for over 10 years, which is just incredible. And um, yeah, I mean, they're... They're a big success, and uh, I think it would be kind of fun to spend the afternoon and, and uh, maybe a little bit of a social event afterwards with them. Yeah, so we'll have to see how uh, how that all turns out. I and was we'll going to say- our, We'll tell our what? podcast audience about it as well, of course. Yes, of course. Oh, I know what I was going to say. I was going to give a shout out to uh, Mike Stiff, who's a big listener, a uh, big supporter of the program. Saw him today at a local uh, restaurant, so it was good to catch up with Mike. We have to do coffee soon. Uh, but he he loves the program and he uh, he he was very happy because yeah you were there remember we had that event with Pierre like earlier this year yeah at, March. Uh, at Carlo's house yep and um, do you remember that one yeah of course yeah yeah, yeah of course you do it was and, around uh, it was around St Patty's Day yeah yeah sorry it was it wasn't around it was St Patty's Day yeah it was um, but anyway so at Carlo's house. Mike Stiff was there and they sang him his uh, happy birthday because right. it was his birthday. Right. So I think he has a video or a clip of that, but he, uh, he was always, he, he was telling me how he's, he lets people know that the future prime minister of Canada sang him happy birthday. So well, there you go. That's a, but, that's a keeper. Uh, yeah. It's a keeper. So we'll see, uh, we'll see how that all turns okay. out. But again, thanks to Mike and uh, his it's continued a- listenership. Yeah. And you know, Folks, don't forget to rate us and uh, to uh, to send us some comments. We appreciate that, and we appreciate all the support. And our producers keep telling us that these banter episodes are very popular, right, Jody? They're off the charts. I don't get it, but people love it. People love listening to you and me talk to each other. And who would have thunk it? We're still we're still on the charts in Ghana. By the way, did you see that? I saw that. I saw that. <laughs> I you know it's funny. I've said this before. I'm not. I'm not sure how much stock I put into those charts no, because I no. because I looked at so I looked at I have one today for my or I have one for my golf show mm-hmm. I because I used to do my radio slash podcast golf show for a long time anyway I haven't done an episode in over a year and it's still charting, still charting. in Canada <laughs> golf <laughs> there my, you go well done either 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 my show is wildly popular which by the way totally possible. Um, or it's simply not accurate on the, on that chart, but yes, we are still charting in Ghana, but we can't get any traction in Canada. Oh, come on. That's not true. You know, no, I know we have lots of traction in Canada. Yeah, that's true. Hey, I, I wanted to ask you about this. Uh, there was this live golf tournament, uh, last weekend. Is that right? Yes. Well, so, there's been many of them, but many of them. So, and Greg Norman was being interviewed, and uh, I thought he made a good point because everybody's getting on this live golf uh, thing about how it's Saudi money and how can people 
uh, accept Saudi mon- money. And then he made the point that the PGA has like, they've got 26 sponsors that do $40 billion worth of business in Saudi. Uh, oh, do- yeah. So, you know, it's getting a little bit hypocritical. Well, it, it, it had, that's been my argument from day one. I mean, look at the event, not, not only that aspect, what about events in China? What about, you know, there's, yeah. there's numerous other examples of countries and, and areas and places that don't have a great track record on human rights, if you're going to use that argument. Right. Um, that they still uh, continue to negotiate and leverage their product into their country. So uh, when I say product, I mean the PGA Tour events. Sure. If, actually, more than that, like events from various, like, you know, whether it's uh, used to be the European Tour, now it's, I think it's the DP Tour, uh, LPGA, you know, PGA, all that stuff. So the... the at the end of the day, I've said from day one, the live golf argument, and I think you're going to see this more and more that there's going to be more guys and girls that go over. And because I do think women will at some point, and I think that they will embrace women in this, is that the PGA Tour will have no choice but to work with those individuals other than simply shunning them. Right. Because they are independent contractors. There's nothing wrong with choosing where you're going to go play and having multiple areas to play. So I, I don't get, I don't get the whole thing about it, but and there, but there must be some dissatisfaction with the PGA. I mean, this, you don't, you don't walk away from the PGA if you're totally satisfied. No, I mean the, the, the big, I mean, the one main argument is obviously the money. Right. Um, but let's be clear. A lot of these guys, they don't need to do it for the money. To be honest, they don't. Uh, Dustin Johnson doesn't need to go over for the money. Right. The second thing is um, the schedule set up. Uh, they're three day tournaments instead of four day tournaments. You know, it's the the length, the pace of play, the length of play. You're playing a shotgun format as as opposed to just simply you know staggered tee off. So there's a lot of different things from a lifestyle um, that you know Pat Perez. I think he, what it is. What was his comment there? He said, "You know, I've been on the road." longer than Matt Wolf's been alive. And, uh, you know, it's time for me to want to, to slow down. Yeah. And so now he has an option. He didn't have an option before no. you had to compete in these events in order to get yourself in a position where you could continue to keep your card. So you had no choice, right? Unless you were like Tiger Woods and you could just go out and win at will. So it's, I, I don't have an issue with it. And I think the ones there, I think they just don't like competition and that happens yeah. in business sometimes. Well, guess what? That's that's it. Sometimes it forces you to get better. So. Well, look at the NHL uh, when the World Hockey Association was created. Uh, you're too young to remember this, Jody, but I remember it. And they uh, they uh, brought in Bobby Hall and Gordy Howe and some of these other great stars and paid them a decent wage, which they, they didn't get in the NHL and, yeah. until the WHA was created. So, and it it created change in the in the NHL as well. Yeah. No, it's. Uh, you're very right. Actually, I had a conversation about that very thing with some guys on the weekend when I was up at Rocky Crest. Yes. So it was, uh, it was, uh, it was a good time. Well, one of our through marriage, one of my relatives, I guess you could say, through marriage is Bruce Simmons, who began Club Link. So we were up there with him. Oh, and right. We had a we had a family event, and so it was good to chat with him. But he knows he 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 knows a lot of those hockey players through his club link connections and they're good friends of his. So we had some good chats like Paul. I didn't realize this. Paul Henderson is like 80 years old now. Yeah. Paul. Yeah. yeah he's a great guy. And yeah. uh, I know, bro. I know Bruce knows him. So yeah. Yeah. yeah no, it's uh, 
it's a long time ago, 1972. Yeah. Yeah. It's a long time ago now. 50 it's years. crazy. Yeah. It's 50 years ago. Yeah. So I guess we'll uh, have a, I guess we'll have a big 50 year celebration coming up in September for you'd think so. Team yeah, Canada 72. So, yeah. So. so there you go. Anyway, that's, uh, I think that's all I got for you right now. I don't know if you want to share any other pearls of wisdom. No, that's fantastic. I was at the Jays game last week. uh, Enjoyed that. Uh, So uh, got my, I got my fill of uh, the, uh, the, that great franchise and uh, hopefully they'll keep winning. And uh, yeah. Yeah. They're looking good. Yeah. Did you see the renderings for the uh, changes they want to make? Yeah, I did. Uh, What were your thoughts? I like the bullpen elevated. Elevated bullpen. It looks really cool. (laughs) That's cool. And, uh, you know, uh, the only, the only thing that I saw in reaction to which made me laugh was people saying, great to see the renovations. Why don't you renovate it and call it the sky dome again? (laughs) (laughs) So people just were just going after the name, the Rogers center saying, you know, it's no, no, it's the sky dome. Come on folks. It's the sky dome. Yeah. And do you remember they should bring back the, the mascot? Remember the mascot? Well, you mean not, not ACE, the other one? No, the, wasn't the first one, the turtle named Domer. Oh, Christmas. I don't remember that. I thought you were talking about BJ birdie. No, no. I'm talking about for the sky dome. They had hold on a second here. I'm going to Google it. One Domer. I don't even remember sky that dome mascot here. Yeah. There's the picture of it. Oh Domer, my goodness. the Sky Dome mascot. <laughs> and they yeah. want Domer back. <laughs> oh my goodness. So it's like, what's the story here? Flashback Friday. This is from a blog, a Toronto Blue Jays blog, bluejayhunter.com. But anyway, whether they want to admit it or not, a lot of people have soft spot, blah, blah, blah. Um, Domer was already featured on a Flashback Friday, but considering this week, Mark, this was in 26, 2014. 2014 was the 25th anniversary of the Sky Dome. And Domer is kind of the forgotten one be associated with the Toronto Blue Jays, namely because he wasn't a Blue Jays mascot per se, but a mascot for the Sky Dome itself. Bizarre. Which is quite the rarity in professional sports. That's crazy. I was at the first uh, game uh, of the Blue Jays in in the Sky Dome. I was there. Yeah. No, it's man, uh, a long time ago, man. I, well, there's I a video online. Moment. I'm going to watch it when we go off here of Domer arriving uh, when they opened the Sky Dome. So. That is, that's a good little bit of trivia, Jody. Well done. (laughs) Well, all right. Well, uh, thanks again. What's that? No, that's great. Yeah. I was going to say thanks again to uh, John and the team at Municipal Solutions. You can find them online at municipalsolutions.ca. Proudly bringing you this program week in and week out. And Tony, I know that you can share a little bit about the Muskoka chef. Yeah. The Muskoka chef, Julie is at your service, the Muskoka chef.com or 416-846-3653. And don't forget about huntersradio.com. Every Saturday morning at 8.30 AM, you can hear this podcast on terrestrial radio. And while you're listening to that, check out looneypolitics.com and use the code podcast to get 50% off your annual subscription. All right, Tony, we will do this again in seven days. Enjoy the rest of your week. You too.